Chapter Sixteen of the Tysons by May Sinclair. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine. Chapter Sixteen, The New Life. There is now every hope, so wrote that cheerful lady, Mrs. Wilcox, of dear Molly's complete recovery. This, translated from the language of optimism, meant that dear Molly's beauty was dead, but that Molly would live to live indeed was not what she had wanted mrs neville tyson had made up her mind to die and in the certain hope of death she had borne the dressing of her burns without a murmur lying there swathed in her bandages life came back slowly and unwillingly to her aching nerves and thirsting veins and the sense of life woke with a sting as if her brain were bound tight tight and the pulse of thought beat thickly under the intolerable ligatures then when they told her she would live she screamed and made as though she would tear the bandages from her head and throat take them off she cried i won't have them you said i was going to die and i want to die i want to die i tell you don't let neville come near me he'll want to come and look at me when i'm dead don't let him come but neville was there the first thing he did when he heard the doctor's verdict was to go straight into his wife's room and cry he bent over her bed sobbing hysterically molly molly my little wife that made her suddenly quiet she turned towards him and her eyes looked bigger and darker than ever in the section of her face that was not covered with bandages she held out her hand the right hand that had clung with such a grip to his coat sleeve and was thus left unhurt he stroked it and kissed it many times over he said what a pretty hand it was and then when he remembered the things he had said and thought of her he cried again this excitement is very bad for her shall i tell him to go away whispered mrs wilcox to the nurse the nurse shook her head mrs neville tyson had heard she gave a queer little fluttering laugh that was meant to be derisive and ended like a sob if you went away both of you said she i might feel better they went away and left them from that moment mrs neville tyson was no longer bent upon dying she had conceived an immense hope that old old hope of the new life they would begin all over again and from the very beginning life is an endless beginning had not neville's tears assured her that he loved her still in spite of what had been done to her it takes so much to make a man cry mrs neville tyson may have understood men it is not so clear that she knew all about sentimentalists it seemed as though her beauty being dead all that was blind and selfish in her passion for neville had died with it she was glad to be delivered from the torment of the senses to feel that the immortal human soul of her love was free and as she was very young and had the heart of a little child she firmly believed that her husband's emotions had undergone the same purifying regenerating process as for tyson he had not a doubt on the subject one morning he was sitting in her room watching her with a feverish intermittent devotion he noticed her right arm as it hung along the counterpane and the droop of the beautiful right hand the one beautiful thing about her now he remembered how he used to tease her about that little white spot on her wrist and how she used to laugh and shake down her ruffles or her bangles to hide it even now she had the old trick she had drawn the sleeve of her nightgown over it as she felt his gaze resting on it strange though she was still sensitive about that tiny blemish she was apparently indifferent to the change in her face 
he wondered if she realized how irreparably her beauty was destroyed and as he wondered he looked away lest his eyes should wake that consciousness in her he had no idea how long they had been alone together time was not measured by words for neither had spoken much he had taken henley's verses at haphazard from the bookshelf and was turning over the pages dipping here and there in the fastidious fashion of a man in no mind for any ideas but his own presently he broke out in a voice that throbbed thickly with emotion out of the night that covers me black as the pit from pole to pole i thank whatever gods may be for my unconquerable soul he had found the music that matched his mood he chanted it matters not how straight the gate how charged with punishments the scroll i am the master of my fate i am the captain of my soul some clumsy movement of his foot shook the bed and jarred her she drew in her breath sharply god forgive me he cried did i hurt you darling i don't mind it's worth it said she at her look his sins rose up to his remembrance he flung himself on his knees beside the bed shaken with his passion of remorse he muttered a wild inarticulate confession don't neville don't she whispered it made no difference it's all over and done with now he looked at her body and thought of the beauty of her soul he broke into vows and promises yes it's all over i swear i'll never look at another woman as long as i live the pressure of her weak arms round his neck thrilled him with an exquisite tenderness a voluptuous pity surely surely in his heart of hearts he had never loved any woman as he loved her she comforted him she whispered things too sacred for perfect utterance it struck him from time to time that she had no clear notion of the nature of the wrongs she forgave just as by some miracle her mind had dwelt apart from everything that was base in her own marriage her ideas of evil were vague and bodiless she may have conceived neville to have been the victim of some malign intellectual influence the thrall perhaps of some miss bachelor sans merci there may have been mysteries gulfs before which she shuddered dim regions which she could only just divine he did not know that with women like his wife there is all infinity between what they realize and what they fear yet within its range of vision her love was terribly clear-sighted and now one by one tyson's sins fell from him in the purifying fire of his wife's fancy he staggered to his feet and looked round him with glazed eyes he was drunk with his own emotions she followed his gaze it was caught by some object above her bed hello said he what's my old sword doing there my beauty i brought it in said she what did you do that for eh i don't know i think i thought that some day you'd walk off with it somewhere and that if you did that you'd never come back again so you see i'd like to know it was hanging safe up there when i was asleep you don't mind do you he muttered something about rust and an outside wall it's all right i've cleaned it myself i used to take it down and look at it every day when did you do that molly all the time you were away good god he took the sword down from the nail where it hung by a red cord you won't find a speck of dust on it anywhere said she he had drawn the sword from its scabbard and laid it across his knee he felt its edge he drew his finger down the long groove that ran along the centre of the blade his gaze rested almost passionately on the floral arabesque that fringed that bed of the river of blood not a spot of rust from hilt to point 
the scabbard too was bright and clean he held up the sword still looking at it with the eyes of a lover a quick turn of his wrist and it leapt and flashed in the sun he turned to his wife smiling isn't she a beauty said he fear gripped her heart she may have had shadowy notions of tyson's conjugal infidelities but she had a very clear idea of the power of her rival the sword she did not know that he was merely moved by the spirit of henley's verse take it away she said i don't like the look of it well it's not a nice thing to have hanging over your head he took it away and hung it in its old place in the dining-room and mrs neville tyson was content though there was not a sign or a hope that her beauty would be restored to her she was content what was more she was positively glad that it was gone regarding the loss of it as the ransom for tyson's soul she was growing stronger every day now and they were full of plans for their future no attempt had been made to repair the damage done by the fire it was settled so far as anything was settled that they were to let the flat let thorneytoft too and go away from london from england perhaps to some elysium to be agreed on by them both it was to be a second honeymoon or was it a third there was nothing like beginning all over again from the very beginning they talked of the riviera in three weeks time from the date of the fire she was well enough to be moved into the dining-room neville carried her they had to go through the empty drawing-room and as they passed they stopped and looked round the desolate place it struck them both that this was the scene of that terrible last act of the drama of the old life when we've once gone we will never never come back again she said no we burnt our ships in that blaze mall do you mind very much no i shall never want to see it again in our new house we won't have anything to remind us of this no we'll have everything brand new won't we yes brand new she looked round her and smiled but it seems a little sad don't you think it was a pretty room and there were all my things never mind plenty more where they came from they paused in the doorway ha this is the way said he that a bride used to be brought into her husband's house they lifted her up so as he spoke he raised her high in his strong arms he was smiling glorying in his strength and that was the way mrs neville tyson was carried over the threshold of the new life or was it not rather her spirit that had lifted his he too unworthy soiled and shamed with sin had been suffered to go with her a little way for one luminous perfect moment he stood face to face with her in the mystic marriage chamber of the soul he heard if it were only for a moment the unspeakable epithalamium he saw incomprehensible things it had needed some violent appeal to the senses the spectacle or idea of physical agony to rouse him to that first passion of pity and tenderness something like this he had felt once before in the night watch at thorneytoft when the wife he had wronged lay in the clutches of life and death but now for the first time in his married life he loved her surely this was the way of peace surely surely she lay down in her gladness and prayed the prayer of her wedding night that god would make her a good wife she did not pray that neville might be made a good husband of his sins she had never spoken not even to her god as for mr neville tyson in the joy of his heart he thanked whatever gods there might happen to be for his unconquerable soul End of chapter sixteen 
Recording by Expatriate in Bangor, Maine.